This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Alan Reader. It's time for another episode of the Orange Podcast, your weekly smidgen of some of the most interesting things happening at Orange City Council. This week, we've had another round of seminars aimed at letting locals discover if they have what it takes to run for council in September's election, as well as learning about the practicalities of how to get elected. We'll hear the Irish lilt in the voice of a former mayor of Leichhardt later in the show. One of the most essential things that councils do in the country, even though it's the least glamorous, is managing sewage. Councils provide water, and then after that water's been through 40,000 sets of kidneys, we process the wastewater to clean it up before it's released into the environment again. There are some very good bugs that do the hard work of cleaning up that sewage. But what if we could make them work even harder by feeding them up and making them strong? Some people call it giving the bacteria a sugar high, but pretty much what it is, is I put carbon, so that's different sugar sources, into the wastewater stream. The bacteria will eat that and that will increase the speed at which they can then remove the nitrogen from the water. I wanted to make sure the research that I was doing for six months or a year uh, was actually making a difference. So I applied because I was interested, yeah, in water management. I think it's so important. It's kind of like the foundation of society, I guess. Uh, And I got paired with Orange. That's final year science student Claudia Jerrigan, who's doing some crucial new research right here in Orange. More on that later. You're on the Orange podcast. This week we're getting ready for some local government elections in September. And to do that, we've been running some seminars to help people get their heads around what it takes to stand for council and have they got what it takes. One of the people leading some of those seminars is Moira Sheehan. Moira, thanks for joining us on the podcast. You've been a mayor in in Leichhardt for a couple of terms. You've run these things before. What's the most typical question that people want to know when when they're thinking about putting their hand up for council? They just want to know whether it's easy or hard. And then when they find out about all the rules, you can see their faces going, hmm... And then, but then they go, when you talk about the interest and, and enthusiastic stuff and how good it is, they go, ah. Oh. And then um, they feel much more comfortable when you say, well, look, these are the kinds of things that will really help out. And they take the notes. So once they go through the whole thing, they end up being quite optimistic. It is a complex process being on a local council. There are so many legislations and regulations that you've got to understand to do it properly. When you first started, did it take you a while? Well, I was in an odd position because I got elected. Um, First of all, I I said, look, I'm happy to be number two on the ticket. I didn't want to be number one. And then the guy who was number one dropped out 24 hours before the close of nominations and for various reasons. And they, everybody looked at me and I went, oh. And so I was number one. Anyway, so I got elected. And then when I went to the count afterwards, one of the people who was helping me with the count, because you have to have a team, said, oh, are you going to be mayor? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I was, may- I was elected mayor in my first term. So I had to do an incredibly fast learning curve. Most people who do it won't be a mayor for the first time, will they? Highly unusual. Often when people have had some experience in community leadership, uh, taking on a particular protest movement or being a president of the committee, they've got some skills and they think, I could help change Orange, I could help make it a better place. Um, How disheartening is it to see when they see their first 
business paper that's three volumes thick. Yes, and it's an interesting question because that's one of the things that comes up. If you're an activist in the community, that's an important role to have. Being a counsellor is quite a different role. And so I always say to people, look, if, if, you, if, if you're about activism and that's where your strength is and you work well with the council and the local members and so on and so forth, just stick to it. Because being, being an activist is not being a councillor. The kind of leadership you have to do, the rules and regs, the legislation, the requirements from state government, etc., etc., are highly complex. I mean, it's a fantastic role, but it's very different to an activist role. What sort of person makes a good councillor? I think you have to have a lot of patience. You have to get to know everybody in your community, not just one faction or group. Um, And you need to communicate a lot. And you need to learn a lot of technical stuff. So you need to be very open-minded in terms of learning the rules of the game and then working out how you can make those rules of the game work for your community. Some people talk about single-issue candidates uh, getting elected because they've got a ground thrill of support on that single issue. But then what have they got to do after that? Is it a, can it be a lonely four years for them? It can be frustrating. I mean, some of them get on and think, and I've I've been to a couple of councillors doing work with them where one of them got on, one of them telling me, I got on on this single issue. He said, but after about six weeks, I realised, now hang on a second, this is far more complex. And, and he's made the adjustment. So in other words, some people make the adjustment and others don't. If you don't make the adjustment, you end up, I think, being very frustrated. You've been in councils for a while. Have you ever seen someone who wants to get elected for personal ambition? Someone who sees local government as a stepping stone to somewhere else? Yes, and look, mainly in my experience over the years, um, it's it's uh, political parties, for instance, have used it as a, a training ground, if you like, for people who go further into state or federal seats. So that's not unusual. Um, and there may be individuals who want to run as independents because the whole idea of running as an independent, particularly in state elections now, is actually starting to grow again. You have various phases of it, but it's beginning to take off again. Is that a bad reason to go on council? Can those sorts of people make a contribution anyway? Yes, they can. I don't think, I mean, if it's your only reason for going on council, then you might just spend your time wanting to get noticed and looking at status. That's not necessarily beneficial for your community or for working collaboratively with your fellow councillors. But if, if you do the job right, yeah, no problem. If there was a single bit of advice you'd give to someone who was thinking about it, um, what, what would it be? It would be get organised, get to know your community um, and have a vision of where you think you'd like to do and work with the community going into the future because we live in a changing world and be open-minded about working collaboratively with your fellow councillor. And if you do that, it'll work out well for you. Well, it's always going to have its challenges, but it's fascinating work. And, and I think you'll just learn so much um, over that period. I mean, the amount that I learned on council was just fantastic, both from fellow councillors, the community and the staff. Well, and thanks for your time today. Thank you very much indeed. While Orange City Council provides lots of services, it's probably less known that we're also one of the city's biggest employers. After the hospital and government departments like education and primary industries, the council is right up there amongst the biggest. Part of that employment role is training. There are apprentices and other school-based trainees. But recently, a university-level student started who will be exploring some original science. 
Right here in Orange, Claudia Jerrigan will be doing the research for a final year thesis and helping the planet at the same time. Well, I'm currently in my final year at the University of Sydney uh, and I study chemical and biomolecular engineering. So uh, the reason why I'm here, I guess, is I'm completing my honours thesis at the moment uh, and I'm part of a scholarship program from the University of Sydney. Firstly, tell us how you, um, how you came to be at Orange Council in the first place. Uh, as part of my last year of engineering, I have to do an honours thesis and Sydney Uni has this fantastic program whereby you can go and do a research project with an industry partner rather than doing it in a lab. Uh, and I really wanted to do that because I wanted to make sure the research that I was doing for six months or a year uh, was actually making a difference. So... I applied because I was interested, yeah, in water management. I think it's so important. It's kind of like the foundation of society, I guess. Uh, and I got paired with Orange. Sydney Uni kind of organised the pairing. I didn't know who I was going to be matched with, actually. They just knew who I was. Uh, I did a quick interview and, yeah, that I was interested in water. So they don't just um, sort of send you somewhere with no goal or no sort of idea of what you're doing. They actually get um, industry partners that actually have a problem that needs solving. One of the professors from Sydney University will reach out to a lot of different councils or companies uh, and ask them if they have any problems that they need students to solve. Uh, So I know that uh, the Sydney Uni program has been throughout regional New South Wales for a little while, uh, but we've never had a partnership with Orange Council. So this is actually the first time that they've had a student from Sydney at Orange uh, for this program. It's called MIPS. Uh, So yeah, Orange Council mentioned to Sydney Uni that they were having an issue uh, with nitrogen levels at the wastewater treatment plant. And yeah, that's how my project came to be. Great. So tell us a little bit about, um, yeah, what your research uh, involves. Definitely. So at the sewage treatment plant, uh, broadly, you have four key stages of treatment. And in the third stage, uh, the important thing is to remove nitrogen from the water. This comes into the sewerage uh, through a variety of different streams. And we want to remove it because uh, if we release it out into natural water bodies, uh, it can cause a lot of issues, disrupt natural ecosystems, possibly even cause algal blooms. And at Orange Wastewater Treatment Plant, they monitor it really carefully. And they've just noticed for the past couple of years that it's been a little bit higher than the EPA licence limit. Uh, And so my research is coming in to see how we can improve the efficiency of that nitrogen removal process. And you're using a process called carbon dosing? Yes. So what carbon dosing is, uh, I might just briefly explain to you how nitrogen is removed. So they actually use bugs. They grow good bacteria in uh, this third stage of treatment that actually, uh, I guess, eat the nitrogen uh, compounds and release them as nitrogen gas into the air because our atmosphere is 80% nitrogen. So we can easily release as much nitrogen as we want into the air and that prevents it from being dissolved in our wastewater stream that we then release. So what carbon dosing is, is where some people call it giving the bacteria a sugar high, but pretty much what it is, is I put carbon, so that's different sugar sources, into the wastewater stream. I do a lot of calculations to determine the correct dosage rate, but I'm putting uh, sugar into the waste stream, the bacteria will eat that and that will increase the speed at which they can then remove the nitrogen from the water. Yeah. And the two the two sugars that you're using, mm-hmm. sucrose and glycerol. Glycerol. Um, they they 
haven't really been used much in the no, past? No, so more commonly, uh, look, they have been used in a couple of Australian plants in uh, northern Queensland, but more commonly you're using alcohols, uh, and such as methanol or ethanol. And the reason why we haven't chosen to use them in orange uh, is mostly because that there can be a few different uh, issues with transportation and safety. Uh, obviously, safety is really important uh, everywhere, but especially here. And we didn't want to risk using materials that are quite flammable. Uh, you need a lot of safety protocols in place. Whereas sucrose and glycerol, they're food grade sugars. You know, they're not going to cause any harm if, they're, if there's a spillage or if there's issues with operational handling. Uh, so that's why we chose to use them. But yeah, there's a lot the research is less extensive and there's less understanding of what the exact bugs are that are feeding on these uh, sugars. So it'll be really interesting to see some results. How long does the process take? Yeah, so we've commenced dosing uh, with our first agent, which is sucrose, uh, and we currently are still waiting for some results. So what this bacteria in the sewage is used to feeding on is, you know, your normal sewage, which is a mix of a whole bunch of different compounds. But if we're injecting a large percentage of this new compound that they may not have come into contact with before, it takes the bacteria a while to adjust to it. Uh, so, yeah, it should take about... We've been dosing for about three weeks, so hopefully any day now we'll start to see some serious reduction in our nitrogen levels in the effluent. So what are you going to do with this with all of the results from your research once you've done the whole project? I guess in terms of uh, what I'll be presenting to Orange City Council is potentially some recommendations. So that being, if we discover that one of these carbon dosing agents is really successful, I might recommend that or maybe some other avenues for further research. Uh, so ultimately, we do want a long-term solution because this is quite a pressing issue. Uh, and then, yes, I will write up a thesis on my research here, presented at uni as well for the completion of my degree. Claudia Cherrigan was talking with comms team member Olivia Sargent. And now with a look back at the weekend, Orange City Council CEO Dave Waddell. Uh, Dave, how's the week been for you? Uh, well, it's over, um, practically. It was good to get that rain on Thursday night. Was 30, how many mils in We had 38 mil in our place. 38 mils. 51 out of the airport. Yeah, that's great. Great for the panics, great for the dam. Unfortunate bad news for people who want to organise a future Tunes concert on Friday night. Yeah, sorry about that. The the Robertson Park's absolutely flooded. Um, Yeah, 38 mils, because the actual Isley Creek or whatever it is flowing into the dam had actually dried up. So we really needed to get going on the rain again. It was a big weekend last weekend, just running through a few things that happened. there was the netballers. Did you see the netballers? It was fantastic. And the netballers want to come back. So the Giants particularly want to do this every year. It was great to see a completely different layout of the indoor courts at Anzac Park. It points to the future. There's, there are long-term plans to investigate a show court with, a, with a, some tiered seating there. That sort of event shows up what could happen. Oh, absolutely. And, then, and you know, to be a regional sporting um, destination is the go. There was veterans cricket on at Wade Park. There was a veterans golf tournament held at both clubs there was the this week is the mercedes-benz classic golf tournament 150 visitors on the runners club had 640 runners last weekend the rugby started with emus anyway it just went on and on it was brilliant and um orange is looking good yeah sorry about future tunes mm. Sports sports tourism, though, is interesting. The number of people who will come for a, a, a veteran's game of golf or cricket mm. and they'll probably buy a couple of meals and go shopping while they're here. Oh, absolutely. The ones where we really kill it is the um, kids, when the kids tournament, the you know, state 
state whatever, yeah. the parents, you know, all accommodations booked out. They've all got to eat at the pub. It's fantastic. Under 12 water polo at the Aquatic Centre last weekend as well from all over the state. Yeah, yeah lots of fun. We had the um, prospective councillor session last night and quite a few turned up to hear, you know, what you've got to do to become a councillor. And, of course, September 4th is our election, so you really need to get cracking. If you are thinking of it, 26th of July is a key date. That's the date you've got to be on a certain roll. So so have a look at the website. Um, we'll get some information up there. Are you enthused by the, the, the bright and enthusiastic passion of those people who turned up to that to explore whether they want to do it? Well, it's one of my favourite nights of the year because you, you see these people with, you know, new people, enthusiasm. Quite a few young people were there. Tomorrow, Saturday, we've got a women's forum. Last year, last time we had 50 to that. So, yeah, every year, every time you think, yes, okay, here we go. Earlier in the podcast, we heard from Maura Sheehan, and, and as she tells that describes the issue, it's you, you tell people that there are huge amounts of work in the legislation, their eyes glass over, then you tell them about the, the, the positive things they can achieve, and they get excited again, and at least if they're going in with their eyes open. Well, that's the thing, right? Because it's four years, so you don't want to go in and, and, and hate it and then, and then quit. You want to actually know what you're getting into and do it for 10 years and have a real plan. You've got to learn so much to be a counsellor. So, uh, yeah, no, it was good. Thanks for your time, Dave. Thanks, Alan. Have a good weekend. Thanks for joining us for the show this week. Until next time, for the Orange Podcast, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now. <laughs>